Hey everyone, my name is Ashley and before we get started, I'm going to be really, really honest, I am really nervous about this. My involvement in the Black Lives Matter movement so far has been either giving speeches or participating in community service. I really haven't had the opportunity to use a platform like this before, but I really felt like it would be a great opportunity for me to bring my voice to a different platform that may reach more people. I genuinely think not enough people are discussing health inequity. And so for this first episode, I will be talking about what decolonizing science is, why health inequity is so harmful, and why it's so important to our conversations within this greater Black Lives Matter movement. I think that we really have to start to think about how all of these institutions and structures in our country are actually built and established on white supremacy and white supremacy culture. I'm extremely frustrated with the fact that it just seems like our country really doesn't care. I don't care if Biden is president. The majority of Americans don't understand racism or the role that they play in it. That's why I'm just going to say, I don't want this podcast to just be for medical professionals or researchers or even just for black people. I want this podcast to be for everyone. I genuinely think that we all have so much to learn from each other and that by investing in decolonized education, we are helping each other create a collective community that hopefully one day we can be proud of. But if we don't unlearn all of the colonial ideologies that uphold these harmful systems that, by the way, we're supposed to be able to trust, we're not going to even start to be able to take steps in the right direction. Now, this is going to be the only episode where you have to listen to my voice solely. Every week after this, I'll be releasing an episode that will include interviews with Black professionals of all different ages, Black folks who are from the local Seattle Black Lives Matter movement, scientists from all across the country. I just want to thank you guys again for allowing me to have this platform and for genuinely supporting me. Supporting and protecting Black women is so incredibly important, and this is one way that you can do it. Just really appreciate you guys. Listen, we all listen, no more friction, take a seat. We are driven with ambition, no more prisons, hit delete. Abolition is the mission, these conditions, the receipt. No surrender, no retreat. Always fight until we free, till we free. I just need to breathe. Why not let us be? I just want some peace. Should be loving me. I just need to breathe. Why not let us be? We just want some peace, followed up with equity. Black is beautiful, don't you forget. Not disputable, come with respect. My melanin, beautiful, what you expect. Black is beautiful, don't you forget, don't forget.
as a black woman, both racism and sexism play a major role in my life. To quote the Combahee River Collective Statement, If black women were free, it would mean that everyone else would have to be free, since our freedom would necessitate the destruction of all systems of oppression. So support the black women in your life and support a black woman by listening to this podcast. Welcome to Decolonizing Science. I'm just going to get right into it. Decolonizing Science is a grassroots organization and podcast entirely run by a black woman who is entirely over it. Honestly, people, I am so sick of people ignoring the systematic racism in our country and how incredibly harmful it is to black people. I'm so sick of people only viewing Black Lives Matter from the perspective of police brutality and restorative justice. While these fields are super important, we need to basically have an in-depth analysis of how institutions in research and medicine genuinely harm Black people and have historically done so for centuries. I'm currently getting my PhD in cancer genetics, and this is the first opportunity that I've genuinely had to bridge the gap between activism and science and I really just want to not only decolonize science, but decolonize education, decolonize psychology, decolonize each other. And I think that the first step towards that is by sharing the stories of other black folks and educating communities of all types and educating people from all backgrounds. Decolonizing science is for all the black people who have died been misdiagnosed, untreated, and unrecognized by racist and prejudiced doctors. This initiative is for all the people who have been invalidated by America's inherently racist healthcare system and Western medical practice. So you may ask yourself, why does science have to be decolonized? We need to deconstruct the colonial ideologies that have dictated and defined our understanding of science and medicine. These fields have either directly or indirectly been built on white supremacy ideology, which seeks to oppress and disenfranchise people of color. Do you need some examples? Well, think about this. Disproportionately low numbers of black doctors and researchers. Dismissal of Black Symptoms Lack of access to health care in Black communities Forced dependence on essential work Cumulative lack of prioritization of Black patients Neglect to include Black individuals as important components of studying disease and therapeutic medicine in ways that are not exploitative Honestly, guys, every single week I'm going to be learning new things along with you. I think that it's pretty naive to assume that any person can walk into this movement entirely decolonized. Systematic racism has been so ingrained into our society that it's often really, really hard to even notice or acknowledge the ways in which you've been impacted. 
I recently held a Black Health Equity rally, and many people came up to me afterwards and expressed that they hadn't truly come to terms with how much they had been mistreated by the medical and scientific research fields and institutions until they had actually had the ability to share their stories and reflect. I feel like a lot of times as Black people, we're not given space to talk. We're not given space to share our opinions and share our trauma. And because of that, all of our feelings get pushed into some sort of toxic bottle that's just kicked around by society and neglected while we have to harbor all of the pain. Now, while we're on the topic of black pain, I'm just going to say in today's society, I honestly think people have become desensitized to black pain and suffering. And I think that a big contributor to that is the mass spreading of violent media. Genuinely, such media serves as a powerful tool for black protection and justice, but hyperfixation on black death minimizes the focus on preserving black life. This podcast and initiative serves to project the voices of the countless black people of all backgrounds who have been systematically intimidated into silence. Our society needs to start caring about black people before they are dead by promoting and protecting black health equity. Now, to get us started, I have an idea. Close your eyes for a second. In your head, imagine a doctor. Envision a scientist. When you did that, did you imagine the individual to be black? Did you imagine that they may be indigenous? Did you imagine that they were potentially a refugee? Probably not. For those of you who did picture a person of color, have you taken into account the systematic racism that these individuals have faced? No judgment, but have you taken into account the daily trauma of being a black or non-white person in the medical field? Have you thought about how much of our personal identity we must suppress and diminish to be successful in these fields. I'm not judging anybody for not knowing and understanding these things. This is part of why the podcast exists. But we can't ignore this any longer. One thing I really don't want us to ignore is the significant underrepresentation of Black people in the scientific and medical fields. As I was doing my research, I saw that W.E.B. Du Bois actually stated in 1899 that one could not be a calm, cool, and detached scientist while Negroes were lynched, murdered, and starved. I think that we really need to understand how the ramifications of slavery still harm us as Black people today. We also need to acknowledge the constant systemic disenfranchisement of black people that have gotten us to where we are right now. Interestingly, the National Science Foundation reported in 2017 that 88% of science and engineering professionals are white or Asian. Women make up half of the total U.S. college-educated workforce, 
but only 28% of the science and engineering workforce. The Association for American Medical Colleges cited in 2019 that only 5% of all active physicians were black. Only 0.3% were categorized as American Indian or Alaska Native, while 56.2% of all active physicians were white and 17.1% of all active physicians were Asian. Black men comprised only 2.9% of medical school enrollment for the 2019-2020 school year, according to the Association of American Medical Colleges. Interestingly, that's actually a decrease from the 70s, where 3.1% of medical school enrollment was black men. And for black women, the statistic is only slightly better with percentage enrollment for African-American women actually increasing from 2.2% during the year 1978 to 4.4% during the 2019-2020 school year. Genuinely, While this is an increase, it's still not anything to get excited about. In 2018, Black residents were 12.3% of the U.S. population, but only 8.4% of bachelor's graduates, 8.3% of master's graduates, and only 5.5% of doctoral graduates. The 2015 U.S. Census Bureau showed that 86% of psychologists in the U.S. workforce were white, while only 4% were black slash African American. That means that only 4% of mental health professionals are black. What impact does that have on black mental health? What impact does that have on the likelihood of Black individuals to actually go and seek therapy and seek psychiatric help. This is another statistic that's really disturbing. Black families have one-tenth of the median net worth of white families, and that's according to the Federal Reserve in a 2017 study. Unfortunately, the wealth gap seems to be growing. We even see this wealth gap within people of the same education level. Here's something that's a little bit worrying. The median net worth of families headed by a white person with a bachelor's degree was $397,000 as of 2016. Now for households headed by a college-educated black person, it was $68,000, which is actually less than a white person without a college degree. Kind of makes you wonder why black people would pursue degrees anyway. What would incentivize higher education? And additionally, at what cost would pursuing this education come? As black professionals, we struggle through schooling, 
oftentimes one of the only black students in the class, constantly undermined and dismissed, constantly made to feel like we're not smart enough or not good enough. And then finally, we get into whatever institution and obtain whatever dream position that we desire, only to continue to be dehumanized. We turn around and realize that we're just a prop used to satisfy a neoliberal agenda. Let me just clarify right now. I don't like the term professionals. I feel that it further divides black individuals based on perceived intelligence or success. Such standards have been initiated by a white supremacist society. Black people have been systematically disenfranchised and thus intentionally kept out of the medical and research fields. All black people have inherent worth, regardless of their occupation. We also need to recognize something really big. And it's the fact that scientific illiteracy in this country is intentional. I genuinely believe that we've been brainwashed into thinking that science is only for white folks or quote-unquote model minorities. When you think of science, do you think that it's just for smart people? What are we even defining as smart? What if in unpacking racism and its role in our education, we start to realize how many lies we were genuinely told and how those lies kept us from entering fields that actually could help us advocate for our health. How many people would have made brilliant doctors, astronauts, and researchers, but just never made it there because they couldn't afford it, or they didn't think that they were smart enough, or they felt depressed and anxious sitting in a room with a bunch of white people, feeling ostracized, feeling the weight of imposter syndrome. I am here to tell you all that there have been black people and other people of color throughout the course of history that have made a significant impact to the field of science, have saved millions of lives and have gone entirely unrecognized. I'm here to tell you that your views of science and medical accomplishments have been severely skewed by brainwashing, white supremacist media, and false colonized education that only seeks to center and validate white people and oppress and take away the voices of black people. From the day that you were born, the majority of what you have learned has been fueled by white fragility, white supremacy, and the systematic silencing of black individuals. Now I know that what I'm saying probably is getting a bit repetitive, but I genuinely don't care. We can no longer discredit and disregard the people of color that have made significant contributions to the field of science and medicine. Knowing one person or two people who have contributed to the scientific field who are black is not enough. I'm releasing this episode in February. February is Black History Month. It's a time where black people see countless non-black people post about their traditional heroes, 
MLK, Rosa Parks, etc. They sit there and post quotes and frame those quotes in a way that only serves to validate their views of legitimate black activists as temperate, calm peacemakers. I want to remind everybody that it's not the responsibility of black people to tone police themselves for your convenience, especially when our lives and well-being depend on it. In making this podcast, I have absolutely no intention of glossing over racism for the convenience of my listeners. I think it's important to recognize right now that for a lot of non-black people who listen to this podcast, not everything that I say will be received well. I'll probably say things that irritate you, things that don't make sense, things that are outside the scope of your imagination, and things that you couldn't truly believe were happening to people in the United States of America in 2021. I also want to remind those individuals that as a Black woman, my purpose and goal is not to satisfy your comfort. Discomfort is an inevitable part of growth, and it's what Black people have been experiencing their entire lives. As I mentioned before, I was initially inspired to start this podcast and initiative because of my participation in the local Seattle Black Lives Matter movement. One moment in particular that was super empowering for me was when I was able to speak the day that Biden was officially elected at a Protect Every Person rally held at Westlake Park. I would like to play the speech that I gave right now for you guys. I think it's really important to recognize that even though we're happy that Trump has left office, there's still a considerable amount that Biden needs to do from the perspective of health inequity and how to handle this pandemic. I woke up this morning with text messages stating that this nightmare is over. But this morning I woke up and was reminded that the nightmare has just begun. We must remember that we are living in a pandemic. In the coming months, as we head into cold and flu season, cases and deaths are projected to increase. Currently, the U.S. is averaging more than 52,000 new cases a day. Scientists are predicting that America could have 400,000 deaths by February. We can celebrate Biden's win all that we want, but we cannot forget that we are living in a pandemic. A pandemic that disproportionately kills indigenous, black, and Latino populations. Black people are 2.1 times more likely to die of coronavirus. Health disparities are preventable differences in disease, injury, violence, or opportunities by socially disadvantaged populations. Once the government and the population acknowledges that we have these health disparities, we can strive for health equity. Health equity is when every person has the opportunity to attain full health potential, and no one is disadvantaged from achieving this potential because of social position or other socially determined circumstances. 
I will tell you that I have not heard any plan from Joe Biden on how he chooses to confront these health disparities. As Americans, we cannot look at this virus as if it impacts all populations equally. I want to see a president that views disease and healthcare from the lens of a black essential worker. We cannot turn a blind eye to the fact that race and ethnicity are risk markers for other underlying conditions that impact health, including socioeconomic status, access to healthcare, and increased exposure to the virus due to occupation. Last time I checked, Biden has not yet promised us true health care for all. While Biden's health care plan seeks to extend health care coverage to an additional, additional 15 to 20 million people, there are 30 to 35 million who are currently uninsured. A president-elect that is not for health care for all in the time of a pandemic is not for the people.
raising public awareness of inequities and promoting changes in practice and policy. I encourage you, everybody in this crowd, I encourage you to Google Coursera Online Health Equity Courses. There are free courses online, Coursera Health Equity Courses. You can educate yourself in the foundations for health equity research and the application for health equity research methods for practice and policy. Hold yourself accountable to be an everyday scientist because it literally saves lives. Hold yourself accountable to protect black lives and every tier of our society. We may have won this battle, but there is a war brewing in the coming months that we cannot imagine. Now more than ever, we must stay united. We must defend disadvantaged populations, and we must acknowledge our privilege, every single person that is here. As I mentioned at the rally, it needs to become everybody's responsibility to understand health inequities and the impact that they have on our society and on black people. I genuinely think that this podcast is a step in the right direction, and I thank everybody who is here to listen to my first episode. As I mentioned earlier, there are a ton of exciting things coming in the coming weeks, including conversations on environmental racism and practical steps to combat the ramifications of such discrimination, conversations about health disparities and cancer, conversations with Black folks who genuinely have experienced a lot of pain and hardship at the hands of the medical and research fields. And I'm just really excited to go on this journey with all of you guys. Have a good one, and thank you for listening in. It's going to get exciting. Interested in finding out more about Decolonizing Science? You can follow at DecolonizingSci on Instagram and Twitter. You can also email DecolonizingScience at gmail.com if you're interested in speaking on the podcast or making recommendations for future episodes. You can also visit DecolonizingScience.org to find out more about future rallies, community service opportunities, and links to awesome resources to support the Black Lives Matter community. If you or someone that you know is struggling with thoughts of suicide and depression, please visit suicidepreventionlifeline.org or call at 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-8255.